0: Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment and business? The next episode of hip talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1,
1: go. Hello, good day, good evening, good morning, everybody. Uh, Welcome to a new episode of Hippler Podcasts. Today we are having two uh, guests with us today uh, in the person of uh, Jason Baker and uh, Scott Smith. Um, They are both uh, co-founders of Do Not Pick. Uh, Welcome, guys. Really, really uh, much appreciated that uh, you took the time to to join us to uh, what we hope to be an interesting discussion. Um, I'm going to pass you the virtual microphone and kindly ask you to uh, introduce yourself to give us a little bit of insight about what you are doing, what's the background story of the company. Welcome. And uh, which one of you wants to, to grab the mic?
0: i guess i'll go first i tend to be the talker of the two we're we're a very pen and teller type crew uh i'm a big talker he does all the heavy lifting uh so i'm scott smith or scoots uh jason and i uh both managing directors of do not peak uh we uh do a little personal introduction obviously first um big gamer been a gamer all my life mid 50s now so for me Growing up gaming, that means starting in arcades with the art or Atari machines at home, the early consoles, but been a gamer all my life. So I've progressed through all the systems, consoles, PC, all that kind of stuff. So big gamer. And then, mid 20s um right after half-life came out uh i realized that not only could you be a big video gamer but there was a whole world of competitive video gaming where people were playing each other competitively and obviously that was happening before my light bulb went off but really counter-strike is the game that made me realize that There's a whole world of people that aren't slaying dragons and doing other kind of video game stuff. They're literally just playing video games against each other, right? And obviously, the fighting game community has been doing this in arcades for a very long time. But I played, like, single-player games in arcades. So for me, um, this whole world of what we now call esports kind of dawned on me. And it was long before we called it that. Um, And in that same game, I bumped into Jason. We shared a love for Counter-Strike. Um, and you know, my story weaves in and out of his several times in our careers, but basically I started working, uh, and playing on a team, uh, in in the game of counter-strike, we called them clans back then. Um, and I went to a couple events in Dallas, Texas with my team to play everybody else. Um, and I bumped into Jason who was there doing roughly the same thing with his group of friends, but he was also making content. He was filming stuff, doing interviews, and I was just there playing and screwing around with my friends. So, long story short, lots of gaming stuff, a lot of broadcast stuff, a lot of team stuff for me, a lot of media stuff for me, and event logistics stuff for me in the real world led me to my side of opening Do Not Peak Entertainment with Jason. Long ranty about me, I guess, um, and a little bit of how we got to Do Not Peak.
1: Okay. Uh... <laughs> that that was uh that was fruitful
0: <laughs> that had a lot of details it's like 20 years right there alex <laughs> okay. 1999 counter strike came out
1: <laughs> oh my god uh jason do you have uh something to add on this uh, historical side of things
0: <laughs>
2: yeah on the, on the historical side like you know i started out with uh, me and my friends going there used to be yearly uh like every six months there used to be big tournaments and back in like early 2000s and me and my friends would go to these events and we'd play in it and we started bringing a video camera and filming it and we just kind of started just growing from there of like doing one video a day to three videos a day to one of the things that Scott and I started working with when we met was well, how can we do this live and we did some of the very first early live streaming on the internet with video games and setting up how to show the game correctly not just you know oh we're showing a video game but actually like building anticipation like there's a guy around the corner Oh, you can see this other guy coming. And now the point of view of the, the two people meeting and then just the result. So we started building that up. And that's one of my favorite things to actually work on is building that in-game storytelling. And it's something that we came really good at. And like lots of people copied that from back, you know, in 2006 and on um, from there, which is like, it's the logical way to do things. So I'm glad they copy it. Um, You know, I took a quick break for a little while when kind of like 2008, like eSports died for a little bit. Like everybody thinks of like when League of Legends blew up and StarCraft blew up, but it kind of like there was like this big industry and then it died with the dot com, not the dot com, the housing crash of 2008. So it kind of slowly ramped back up and everything that was ramping up, I wasn't interested in at all. I just wasn't interested in StarCraft. I wasn't interested in League of Legends too much. So I, I took a break and. Then all of a sudden, people just started calling me. Hey, Jason, you want to come work on this? Hey, Jason, you want to come work on that? And it kind of led to doing some stuff for MLG for their big Counter-Strike major. Uh, I did Turner Sports. They uh, did their E-League product on their network. So I ended up doing all the first three seasons for that broadcast, plus their first major. And then I helped launch the Overwatch League. So it just just kept on going and going and going. So that was a lot of fun. And then I went back to freelancing again and, you know, living on the road is not a very fun life. Uh, You know, like, like, oh yeah, we're going to be in Brazil this week and then next week you're going to be in Miami and you got a whole new crew you got to work with and bring everybody up to speed and none of the tech works because we just wired it in the day before and we're live in 30 minutes and we're not sure if it's going to work and you're sitting there like stressing out of that. It's like nowadays it's, we have a studio. So it's like, we know everything works. We get to test it out weeks in advance and, and it just, it's a better lifestyle. <laughs> I see. So, um, I got the
1: general idea about why esports broadcast production. I got the general idea on how DMP starts, uh, by the way, can I use DMP? Do you use it like this or it's do not peak?
0: Either uh, obviously, uh, oh, okay. once we start talking about, it, you could say DMP. It's fine. Oh, That's okay. We so yeah. uh,
1: we we know how how that started, but what exactly uh, is DMP doing? What uh, what exactly are you producing?
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, a culmination of things, right? So uh, much like our our histories bring us together, doing a variety of stuff. I would say the majority of the content. That Jason and I created over the years for other people was live broadcast esports. You know, you're doing matches, you're in arenas, you're in studios, the actual sport we're part of the broadcast of, right? And so we're really good at that. And we're really good at anything live. Like we do two live talk shows right now, that are more like news shows with B roll, right? So um, part of uh, Duda Peak is to bring that skill set, us and our staff. Uh, And our control room experience to anyone who wants to hire us. So we are a services company. Um, So you could do all the creative yourself all the elements all that we can just come push the buttons for you and be a turnkey solution uh, for live broadcast whether it's a show whether it's an eSport. Or anything like that. Also, we do lean into live to tape or live where you're recording to then post-produce. So basically, anything to do with gaming and esports, we can either do live for you or we can create, you know, we help people with YouTube series that never, they're never live. It's all post-produced stuff, right? Um, And uh, it's kind of a culmination. The idea behind it was kind of what Jason alluded to we got tired of working for other people and traveling. We wanted a home base and we wanted the gear to have a home base because half the battle whenever you're traveling on your road show of an event is like shit goes wrong. Shit gets has to get wired and unwired constantly. And it's just, it's all that stuff, all those hours that you just really don't have to worry about. Yeah. Things still go wrong in a building, but like, it's just a whole different like you can really worry about the creative of stuff and less about, Oh God, we had to work till two o'clock cause we just got the venue late because the concert got out late and the, Oh, and they did the monster. I, I worked at an event where they did a rodeo the week before a rodeo. That venue smelled like crap. Like literally you can't get that smell out. So just stuff like, like I don't want to do with any of that. Right. I am tangent I'm, 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 I'm tangenting. So We're a hired gun company, like we always were. But instead of traveling and getting into someone else's truck, we're going to bring your needs to us, right? Come rent our stuff, rent us in our building. We're going to do some really cool stuff because we've got really cool stuff here, right? And I think right next to a services company, because again, tons of companies are services production companies, right? We're gaming and esports specific, right? There's tons of companies that you can go rent a soundstage, bring all your own stuff. But we're all also experts in the space of this kind of content creation, gaming and esports. Um, and then on top of that, we make our own stuff. We are our own content creation company for our own needs. We have our own IP. We have our own shows that, you know, people can advertise into or sponsor into. But that's our stuff, right? We're not just a third. Like a lot of production companies, you never know they exist, right? They are always hidden behind someone else's logos and somebody else's show. But we, So we do both. We'll hide. Or we we do the breakdown every Wednesday on Twitch. We're a Twitch partner. We have, you know, we have all our own stuff on YouTube. Like we don't, uh, we're very uh, face forward with our content as well as we'll go behind the scenes and you can pay us to just do your thing. And no one will ever know we existed. We do both, I think, equally well.
1: Okay. So basically you're kind of a Swiss knife.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Really,
1: really nice. Uh, what's the the relationship between uh, DMP and Bitfire Studios? Um, sure. How how do this uh, did these two go together?
0: Uh, so very much um, a partner with us. They are we are it's their studio we use when we film in the studio. So uh, the facility. Uh, all the fanciness is theirs we they built the studio and we built our offices in the same building so as they were renovating and doing the whole studio side we were figuring out what we wanted to do with our office space so we're the only tenant they have there is nobody else in here but us and bitfire um the building's about sixteen thousand square foot um and obviously as part of that partnership we get an amazing rate to use all the stuff that People off the street can't get, um, you know, it's not necessarily free to use their cameras or their soundstage, but uh, the, the pricing is obviously very, very advantageous because, you know, we're in the building. The what I like to explain to people, um, it's much like uh, how... Uh, like sound stages and movie companies will work in Hollywood in a way. So you've got Warner brothers studios or Disney studios, and they are paramount paramount's in the news for us this week. So paramount has a huge set of sound stages and an actual facility in LA, right? They run paramount studios, but within paramount studios, there's probably 10 production companies that have office space and have deals with paramount studios to use their facilities to make their content. Right, and so it's kind of like that. Um, we're embedded. We can make our content wherever we want. We make content without them, but uh, much like the movie situation, is like we're embedded and we use their stuff at a cut rate deal. We where movies change is part of that deal. Is there's a distribution deal there too, right? Like obviously, Seth Rogen makes movies on a soundstage. For the company that he distros and publishes through, it's all part of a bigger chain. Bitfire is just a facility for us in that sense. We are uh, coming up with co-branded ideas, and we're trying to figure out how we can work together because they're a production company. They also do their own IP. Uh, so uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds for us. Um, and where it gets kind of funny, without telling too much of our story, when I told our backstory that we this whole started, This whole thing started with a studio tour in Scottsdale. And, hey, they want gaming and esports content. And you guys, Jason, want to maybe do a studio? That was a different studio. But that studio (laughs) was run by the the general manager of that studio at the time that we moved into is the owner of Bitfire. He left that studio, decided to do it himself. Opened. (laughs) He bought a huge transmission company that does video and audio transmission. And then so it's kind of and he knocked on our door and said, hey. You want to come do that idea with us? And we're like, yes, please. And so it kind of best of both worlds. Same idea, better studio, better tech, cooler tech. It actually, instead of with an employee of that studio, actually the owner of a studio. Um, So that's our relationship with them. You know, again, they're our partner. Uh, but, but not, I would say, in a financial sense. Like, in all honesty, we don't own a piece of Bitfire. Bitfire doesn't own a piece of Do Not Peek. But we work together on all sorts of stuff. If we do a charity thing, I'll be like, Bob, can we get stage two for free because we're doing this thing? And be like, yeah, play my commercial, right? So a very, very awesome partnership. They Again, we just moved in. They just opened in October of this year. Brand new building, like still squeaking. Still a new car in here, Uh uh, we are uh, really, really excited for this stuff.
1: For uh, for all our listeners, I have a piece of uh, of info here. The the new facility Scott was uh, talking about has around sixty thousand square feet. Uh, that's roughly around uh, fifteen hundred square meters, uh, and that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a lot. Um, we are uh, closing into the to, to the end of this episode, but I want to to ask each one of you uh three to name three things that you love about what you're doing and three things that you hate.
0: Okay. Uh <laughs> I'll go first, Jason, so you can think about it. three things I love about what I'm doing would be um Certainly, working with my best friend Jason, you know, uh, we have such a long history of working together, but not in something that is really ours. Like, again, you just we, forced
1: him to, to say the same thing at number one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, working with Gino, being able to run a company and build this dream with Jason, um, um, being able to employ people. I didn't think about this till recently you know again being a freelancer for so long and maybe having crew that work for you for that week or whatever but you ha- they're not really your like like that that responsibility but also that like absolute like pleasure in knowing that like i'm helping put money in people's pockets and they can buy food and you know like you like again being an employer is kind of new to me and i kind of dig it right mm-hmm. um the third thing, um, I think would be since we're in gaming and we're on the cutting edge of stuff and we're, we're able to be ultra creative, like having this XR stage and being working on Unreal. like I'm not making commercials for a lawyer in town that needs some sort of, uh, you know, got hit by a car. Like we get to make really <laughs> cool shit for generally really cool people. Right. Um, those are my three things. I love what I hate. Um, ah, I think our space is still really, really immature, Um, and and I mean that in a financial sense. Like eSports and gaming is spending a whole lot of venture capital money, and we don't have a whole lot of revenue to back it up. Not necessarily in our world, but like what we cover, team ownership, tournament organizers. Like eSports is a big spend right now in the sense of the sport that we all care about. Or, uh, but the revenue's not there yet, so it's like we're, we're, but the value, I just think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors still, which always scares me, right? Um, I hate, um, God, what else do I hate? Boy, I don't know. I'm a really cynical guy, Alex, so there's a lot of things I hate about our space. I think we have a lot of grifters, a lot of you know, there's a lot of debate in our space about NFTs and blockchain and crypto right now, and so. Anytime it's mentioned, it's it's it seemed as a scam or it's bullshit. And it's not always the case, but like all that has come hot and heavy, and it always hits us in phases, right? Um, because everyone's trying to figure out how to make revenue, right? So five years, ten years ago, it would have been all the energy energy drinks found us, right? <laughs> then five years ago, all the betting sites found us, right? And now NFTs have found us and crypto has found us. And maybe we're actually inventing some of this on the gaming eSports side. And that, while there's utility and there's coolness there in Web 3.0 and what that all will be, right now it's a whole lot of shadiness with that. That seems to be the overarching shit. The rug pulls and the bullshit of it. Maybe one or two projects actually have utility and realness to them. But the bullshit is outweighing the good shit, right? Um and it's always just keeping an eye on the grifters in our space because again, we are this demographic. We, not me, the kids, are this this young millennial demographic. Everybody wants their eyeballs, right? And so everybody is trying to pitch. Um, and you just gotta you gotta be careful, right? It's always having to be on guard of like, oh God, why is this company here? Why are they here? Like if I hear four gamers, buy gamers, Two gamers, one more time. It's just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's my rant on that, I guess. The things I hate. And that hasn't changed, though, in like 15 years of eSports. <laughs> okay. Jason. Cool. Jason. All right. Right. Well, I've I, gave you, mine, I gave you so. time to think about it.
2: Yeah, I know. I should have run them down. Um, so I would say, like, I love, of course, like, the crew is, you know, we got to handpick all the people that we work with so it's not just me and scott working together which we love working together but then it's you know everybody from the video editor to social media to biz stuff like we actually went out to find them or say hey we've enjoyed working with you over the years come and work with us in our studio. So that's been really fun. Um, I really enjoy just the creative process of coming up with a new idea and trying to work out how to execute it and how we can add things to the wall and how we can make things more interesting and more exciting. That's just always a fun challenge to deal with, even with taking a game that nobody's done before and then trying to figure out how to broadcast it is. You know still my favorite thing to to work on um third thing i i love the adrenaline rush of just being in a live production room of you know you have the, your full team and they're all you know when you say all right you know heading over to commercial commercial break well there's six out six people all need to do certain things all at the exact same time who's cueing the music and and you know dropping mics and bringing up the next graphic and cueing the commercial break and, like and everybody just working and executing perfectly at that right time that's just once you get that rhythm down it's just so much fun um that's what i really enjoy what i hate, yeah, hate. Yeah. <laughs> what i hate um i i would say you know there it is a It's a creative space, but it's also an attention to detail space. So there's just so much things that can go wrong and so much things, so many little things that have to happen perfectly. Just getting that down, I wouldn't say I hate it, but that is a lot of work. It's just getting that one little piece of content on the air at the exact time that you want it. It just takes a a little bit. So that can be a little challenging. we're pretty hour friendly like our hours are pretty friendly right now but once you do a live tournament you're doing 12 to 16 hour days every day <laughs> so that that can be a little rough uh what else is the last thing i hate mm, i would do what
0: <laughs> people being late
2: people being late there's <laughs> nothing more i hate than somebody being late uh i would say that i the thing that You know, it's just kind of like the world of content. Like, there's so much stuff out there that sometimes you can make something that's really, really great and you spend a lot of time on it and nobody watches it. And then there's something you can do that you spend five minutes on as a joke. You do it in MS Paint and you put it up there and it blows up. And, you know, 600,000 people see this in just a, a weekend. And it's like, Okay, <laughs> you know, that's part of the creative process, but it's like, the thing is, like, you always want your baby to be the thing that's the amazing thing, but that's just how it goes. I, I got it. And on, on this last
1: one, I, I really do feel you. Uh, my, my background is in graphic design, and I've got some uh, similar stories with, uh, with some of the logos I created like the ones I put the most effort in are like, the, the client would be like, eh. and the ones that went like a draft sketch, everybody was crazy about it. I love it. I'm like. Come on. Like why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, frustration. Uh, thanks guys very much for, for this really fun and insightful discussion. Um I really hope uh, this is something uh, something new. We haven't talked about this before, but I really do hope to, to have the opportunity to, to catch you for our upcoming tech conference. We're gonna keep in touch on, on the matter. We're gonna have uh, a gaming dedicated panel and I would really love to have you guys there. Okay. Um, but for the moment, thank you very, very much for taking the time to, to join us. And uh, I want to thank to our audience as well. Uh, Remember, you can uh, jump on hipter.com slash podcast to choose your favorite platforms. We have uh, over 15 platforms plus the YouTube channel where you can see the guys live. So thank you guys very much and keep in touch. Thank you for
0: joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next hip to talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Pandora.